Welcome back to the Scare Value Podcast. Pete's here. Didn't introduce you last week. I'm here now. Still here. Maybe I wasn't here last week. How was your New Year's, Pete? Pretty good. We're definitely not recording this before Christmas. You know what was crazy? Last last week we lied. We did record it before Christmas. This week it's definitely after New Year's. What year is it now? It's still it's it's five minutes since we recorded the top ten episode. But I mean, it's January uh, something. You uh, goddamn time travel! Stop explaining things to me. We gotta be careful when we talk about these years. What was I gonna say? Pop 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 pop. You know what today is? No. Award show day. Oh, it is award show day. I was yeah. giving you intro music. I was gonna say I didn't have an intro this time because all I could come up with was royalty free award show music on YouTube, and I didn't like any of it. Well, that's why I gave you one. Well, that was perfect. Thank you. So you're welcome. We're gonna have to tear through these pretty quick because there's ten awards. Oh no! Well, well, it can be two parts, can it not? We'll see how. I don't think it has to be. Mm. So, if you want to read the written version of it, you can find it on scarevalue.com. It would have been out a week ago. But you got to read. But you got to read. There's pictures. I like pictures. There's pictures. And uh, I just want to briefly discuss what makes these awards different than standard awards. What's a standard award? An Oscar, and uh, a Golden Globe. <laughs> Okay. They all do things that annoy me. For example, you'll see movies that are like, you walk away from a movie and go, I didn't think about the editing once, but because it's going to be nominated for 15 awards, it's going to be nominated for best editing. And I don't like that. So these awards, sometimes you might see a thing nominated for a movie that I didn't even think was good, but this part of it was great. This part of it was award worthy. Well, there's going to be a specific example that when we get to it, we'll talk about but like the Golden Globes likes to give awards to just people they like, celebrities they like that they want to show up. And the Oscars likes to just pad the movies they think are the best by giving it everything they can. Like the best sound design was Shakespeare in Love. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? That's what they do. Okay. We don't do that. We look at the specific aspect of the movie and say, whatever the whole picture of the movie was, that's not what the award's for. It's for this was the best of the year in that category no matter what we thought of the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. I think that works. I think that's a better policy than... It's going to be real... Well, more interesting anyway. Easy to understand what I mean when we get to the more traditional awards. There's five kind of traditional awards and five more fun horror version awards. Okay. I've never looked at yeah, I know award. you haven't. Okay. Know you haven't. So... Because there good. was... This is the second annual Scare Valley Awards. There was one last year before we had the podcast. It's just on the website. Oof. We should record one for that. We could. <laughs> we could. We could do that one day. All right. You know what? We're going to do that one day. All right, then. We'll, we'll look forward to that. The first annual Scare Valley Awards. We yes. might bring up some things in there. So let's just jump right into it. We'll do jump in with the fun ones first. Fun ones first? Or do we end with the fun ones? No, we're going to end with Best Picture because some things should be traditional. Uh, the fun ones are specifically to horror. There's a category for Best Killer, Best Final Girl, Best Kill, Best Twist, Best gore effects. Those are the five kind of fun, non-traditional awards. And then you get the you know best screenplay, best actor, best actress, best director, best picture. Okay. I got it. So let's start with Best Killer. And you've only seen one of these movies. How many are nominated? Five. Five in each category. All right. Uh, the, the mother from the titular Evil Dead Mother is nominated. <laughs> Evil her, Dead Mother. That's a good one. Her name was Ellie. And she was an excellent deadite. Maybe the best of the series, which is something. Yeah, because she stood out as the the chief evil. That's right. And there was a movie called Influencer on Shudder, and it had a great killer called whose name was CW, and she was... CW is a channel, yeah, not a killer. An, a killer channel. And she was uh, infiltrating a person's life and was very evil. There was a movie on Hulu called Jagged Mind, and the antagonist in that is named Alex, and she has the power to reset time. So she is gaslighting her, her girlfriend by just changing anything she didn't like to make her life back to what she would want, make the thing go the way she wanted it to, to get the life she wanted. Okay. And it is a different kind of evil that I really enjoy. What was the name of the movie? Jagged Mind. Jagged because Mind. Okay. she starts figuring out something's wrong, obviously. The girlfriend? The girlfriend. And it's a, it's a really interesting movie. It doesn't, the movie itself is good. It doesn't work as well as it probably could have. But the character, the killer, the bad guy, is phenomenal, which is what we're kind of talking about. And then there's a movie called Kill Her, one word. And 
Okay. It's a it's a it's a bit of a, a twist who the killer is, but we're gonna do spoilers on this one because it's the award show. Eddie is uh it's four girls go into the woods for a bachelorette party. And Eddie is the best friend of the girl getting married. And it turns out, as you learn in flashbacks throughout the movie, she's in love with the guy that uh she's gonna marry, and she's been the bad guy in the mask the whole time, and she's killing everybody, and she gives a wild performance that is tremendous. It takes the movie, which is already pretty good, and makes it just over the top excellent she elevates that character elevates the movie big time so she, she's a she's a really good one it's a word movie worth watching okay and then the sloth from slaughterhouse alpha Ooh, i want to see that movie who kills people not as i expected her to in slow motion like a sloth yeah yeah by sometimes zipping them in their their bag in their sleeping bag and throwing them into the river <laughs> you also said didn't it used to use the internet at one point it does it right? seeks things okay. on the, it's it's pretty great all right, I gotta watch it. That's on my list. So I've only seen one of these actresses. That's true. Well, yeah. So well, that's the fun thing this year. Somehow this happened. Did not plan it. Five nominees, all female. Oh yeah. Hmm. Is that no? This was a great year for killer women. Yeah, I just don't know how many there've been. I'm trying to think back now. I think last year all five nominees were men. Just how it worked out. This year just all women. That's how it worked out. It's a big year for for female for antagonists. Female killers. Yes. Well. The one movie you saw is the one that matters because she wins. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm going to throw my vote to her, but Slaughterhouse was coming up. Slaughterhouse was good. Uh, Eddie from Kill Her was was right there. But I think when you give us a character for the first time, that might be the best one of its kind in a series that's been going on for 30 years, 30, 40 years, almost 40 years. You did something. Did the kids? Over 40 years. Did the kids die in that one? I don't remember. Yeah. The two, two did. Okay. The older two. Yeah. All right. They're not old enough where they're not kids. Yeah, I know. It was, all right. I forgot. That was another one. And somehow I liked it. That was one of those movies where I was not terrified. I wasn't gleefully anticipating a child's death. But I guess that's how I got to rank movies now. How do I feel about the children's safety? So you saw the one that mattered there. Uh, all right. Good for me. Iconic character. Best uh, killer. Last year's winner, if I recall correctly, was uh, Art the Clown from Terrifier 2. Another iconic killer. Don't spoil the... First year's podcast awards. Nope. I'm going to put it in the feed as if it came out one year ago. <laughs> All right. All right. So we'll move on to best final girl, which is a very specific category. It could be a boy if, if that happens. It just hasn't, didn't happen this year or last year. This year's final girl nominees. We actually know last year's winner because we talked about it on this podcast when we covered Fresh. The winner was the final girl at Fresh, Noah. I am just. You've seen the movie. Sh- and I'm talked shaking about it. my head at you and. Well, not understand. You've only seen one of these again. All right, so, so that's who wins. It's not who wins. What the final girl? Uh, the final girl in influencer, which we just talked about, is a fascinating one that I, 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 I she doesn't win, but I, I considered it very strongly because it's such a unique way to do it. She's in the first part of the movie. She's left for dead on an island, and you never see her again until the very end of the movie, where we assume that months have passed and she's dead, but she somehow found the the will to survive. Knocks out the the bad guy and gets on the boat and drives away, leaving her stranded. It's great, and you just don't see her story. And part of me really wanted to reward that. That <laughs> okay. she has a final girl story. It's just not on film. Right. It's, that's cool. Loved it. Like, it was such a cool idea that I, you, you're watching it from the perspective of the, the, the antagonist the whole time. You just forget there's a final girl in these movies. And then she pops up, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> Brilliant. And cool. a great ending. Yeah, yeah. The next one was uh, a Hulu movie, No One Will Save You, a movie that I did not like that much. Yeah, I think I asked you how that movie was, and that's what you told me, and then that's why I didn't watch it. It has... What's it even about? An alien invasion. I like alien invasions. It has moments that are great. It wants to be, for reasons I don't understand, a completely dialogue-free movie. And it's interesting for a time. Time passes, it just gets annoying. And it, it kind of gets in the way more than it is interesting. There's reasons for it. The, the, the final girl, Bryn, is ostracized from society because of something in her past. She basically uh, caused the death of her friend. And the town hates her. So there's a reason that she doesn't talk to people. There's a reason she won't talk to other people. There's a reason they won't talk to her. It makes sense, right? Except, I'm sorry. At some point when aliens are in your house and you're hand-fighting aliens, somebody's got to be like, oh, fuck. You know, say, say something. You're not mute. Maybe it was like that Buffy episode where everyone lost their voice. Yeah, the whole town. The whole well, town. Well, yeah, it, it is. It does a great ending. I'll give it the, that. The ending of the movie, uh, the town is taken over by all the aliens, in, you know, 
become possess the people or whatever, however an alien would do that. And uh, the question is what at the end, whether or not Brynn is taken over by the aliens, but it's clear she's not in, in the way that they do it. But she's still happy and now amongst the town people because she can get along with them better than she can get along with the actual. <laughs> Love the ending. Okay, she's finally that's... happy and smiling. I enjoyed it. But that would have been a good time to talk. That's that's my pet peeve with the movie. The actress, Caitlin Deaver, in the movie is tremendous without words. She's expressive. She's great. Badass final girl. Because she has to do it basically for the entire movie. Is this her first movie or has she done anything? She was in Booksmart. I've heard, I think that's on the list of things. It's a good movie to watch. Okay. Next one is the one you've seen. You saw Totally Killer. I did see Totally the Killer. The time travel horror movie, slasher movie. Yeah, yeah. Jamie and Totally Killer, who we talked about, has more information than most, and she's a fun final girl because she screws everything up yeah. and doesn't know what's going to happen next now, and then she has to save everything. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. It was fun. Good I because it was different. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then there's the movie Unseen, and Emily is the final girl, and she's in a very typical final girl situation, escaping a dangerous ex-boyfriend who's trying to kill her in the woods. The, the trick here is that she's... She's not blind, but without her glasses, she has a very bad case of the Velmas. All right. So she can't even see her phone. I like that, She by can't the even way. see who she's calling on the phone, and the screen's broken. So she, all she can do is redial. And she got a, a wrong call from somebody in, like, Florida. All right. And she has to use her phone to have her help in Florida navigate where she, where she is through the woods. And it was very good. She gets a lot of help, though, which is why she probably doesn't uh, end up at the top tier of the thing. Yeah, top five. And then there's the titular Becky from The Wrath of Becky. Is that a sequel? Because yes. I think it's a sequel. It's a sequel okay. to Becky, where she is a no-nonsense killing machine, and nothing can stop her. And it's a very different kind of final girl, where there's, she's never in danger. She is captured at one point. Like, she's never going to die. She's, she's a badass. I don't know what the movie's about. It's The first one was about, I think, Nazis, neo-Nazis, and uh, they kill her father, Joel McHale. Oh, no. And King of Queens there is the, the head of the neo-Nazis. <laughs> Kevin James yes. himself? Yes. And she has to, I assume it's the same thing. She just goes on, a, I never seen the first one. She goes on a rampage and murders them all. This one is Stifler, is the head of a of a men's rights activist group, terrorist group. And she has to just go through there and kill all them too for reasons. And it's pretty great. This is horror adjacent or sure. straight horror? It's horror adjacent. Horror. It's horror. All right. She's the killer. She is. That's why it's different. So here you have... A character you don't see the whole movie, a character who doesn't talk the whole movie, a character who's time-traveled, a character who can't see, and a character who is just infallible, like, unstoppable. But despite not liking the movie, which is the points that I was making, I think because she had to do it for 90 minutes in silence, that No One Will Save You was the best one. Caitlin Deaver and Bryn. Oh, all right. I, I have not watched it. I don't know if I'll watch it based on the strength of a final girl alone. Has that issue... I have those issues with it, but the issue is not with the character. I'm just saying, I don't know if I'm going to watch a movie if it's not going right, to right. be good the whole time. But that's the point. I'm not really awarding the movie. We're awarding the the, the character. The character. The actress. For 90 minutes is alone, literally alone, and has to fight off an alien invasion. And uh, it's that aspect of the movie is great, which is why the other parts of it letting it down are kind of disappointing. I think... I would give it to the one who wasn't on screen the whole time. It was an interesting That's thing to do. That's my kind of acting. Nice it was and lazy. It was an interesting thing. It was an interesting way to go about it. it At least the amount of work to win an award. It would have gone second. I'll say that. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed the concept of it. But, like, is the concept of it enough? The character's not giving you anything. That's the one thing that stopped it. So, next. Well, I was going to. Yeah. Who, who are, like, final girls in movies this year that didn't make the cut? I don't. I'm not going to sit here and go through. Well, I'm just curious what your criteria is. I took the ones that were most memorable for the year. Ah, I see the basic criteria. Yes, I got you. I don't understand lists. Next, we have Best Kill, which is a good one. So there's a movie on Netflix called The Conference, which is a fairly unremarkable movie, except for one awesome part where it's a work retreat. They're all on, and then a mass killer is coming to to murder them. And it could be a lot of people because it's a business. So there's everyone's treated like shit, and also. They've just like hurt other people outside of the business by buying up land and screwing people over because it's a business. So they, they don't spend a lot of time really make you wonder who it is because it's like, well, it could be anybody you've screwed. They, they name in like a minute, like 10 people that they've screwed just by being a business. Naturally. Yeah. So you're like, oh, they're all justified. Well, at one point in the movie, they're zip lining away from the killer. And it's, it's the main final girl who almost made that list. So there's one for you. And, and thanks. A guy she works with. And they're ziplining across the thing, and he sees that there's spikes at the end of it they're going to hit into. So he turns himself to get impaled by the spikes to save her, and it's awesome. 
A zip line into spikes. That's big, pretty cool. Big time good kill. That's one I want to watch now. Really good. The movie was fine, but that, that kill was excellent. The next one is a movie you would not want to watch. On Tubi called Godless, the Eastfield Exorcism. It not watch it because there's a child being tortured? Or no, not watch it because it's just not worth my time? It's a very dark movie. I liked it, but it's very dark. And it really is about how susceptible dumb people are to charismatic leaders. So the whole town, the Catholic part of the town is they believe in demons and they believe in exorcism and they just pick this girl and they're like, she's possessed. And they bring in this, this not priest. He's an unsanctioned exorcist. I've heard of those, the scourge of the religions. The guy, the guy that plays them is excellent. And they just stand by and watch as he just beats the shit out of this girl for an hour, basically. Cause in the name of what he's trying to do. And at one point he just snaps her neck and it's the craziest, like sickest thing. And that's just like, that's like it. And then she's just dead. And I'm like, this movie was, it was nuts. So like one of the most memorable kills of the year, not not a happy way. I don't have words. I'm sitting here with my jaw agape. Half the people in the church, like panic and run. Half of them are like trying to justify it to themselves. It's really about that more than anything, but it's just about basically the abuse that we can do in the name of these horrible people. Yeah, I don't want to watch that one. Your instincts were right. right. Here's one I know you want to watch because you did see it. You've actually seen the next three movies. The next thing down the highest amount for any category so far. What award do I win? Best co host. All right. Good for me. Don't wait. No, Kitty's going to win best co host. God damn it. Well, best husband to the co host. I'll take it. All right. First husband. First husband. The next one. Is for a movie that I know you wanted to see because you enjoyed it a lot. It's called Godzilla Minus One. I did want to see it, and I did see it, and I do love it. It's when he unleashes his atomic breath on the city. Yeah. Kills tons of people. I think they said 30,000 people or something like that. I feel like it was more. I think that's what they said. It was not Tokyo. so. But still in all, there wasn't much city left, and it seemed kind of big. It, uh, it's harder with that one because it's not a specific person you're seeing getting killed, apparently, as we learn later. <laughs> but... Him standing next to the mushroom cloud that he created is the best image in 70 years of Godzilla. A hundred percent. I don't think it's close. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I did see Surazawa with an eye patch sitting at the bottom of the ocean. His little eye patch in his eye hole and his... (laughs) That's pretty good. And Godzilla waved to him. Yeah, it's pretty good. You've always got to stand him, don't you? He would have stood in the middle of that blast and said, I'd I'd stop your powers. I don't know. Because I really like this new this new version so i don't know i don't know if i i might have to jump ship and make a new favorite godzilla maybe 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 we'll, maybe we'll see that movie come up later again mm. the next thing nominated Foreshadowing. is from the movie thanksgiving and kathleen makes an excellent dinner oh yeah yeah that was pretty cool kathleen gets cooked in the oven with all the fixings on her the slow setup to it then they give you a nice cat and mouse game, and then she still ends up in the oven. <laughs> yeah, I did not expect that. No, I expected she'd go right in, and there was like a nice sequence of, of like old school slasher cat and mouse. Right, and for a, a slasher, I mean, that old school slasher, you want that schlocky kind of horror feel to it. Like cooking somebody, that's big. That's going over the top. It that's was pretty memorable, good. right? Pretty that's good. punctuated by a very punchline of the, uh, the thermometer popping up because she yeah. was done. Right. Ridiculous levels. But that is memorable. Very it memorable. was made to be memorable, and it worked. And the last nomination, Pete, is from the movie that I know is your feel-good movie of the year, When Evil Lurks, The Family Dog. God, I was going to bring that up earlier as an example of the sudden, when you were talking about the exorcism one, how how violent that goddamn yes. dog. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, we talked why would you? pretty detailed about the top 10 episode. We talked pretty detailed about the dog attack. In When Evil Lurks, because I have just seen that movie, and it shook me. It is insane. It is also the winner. And the reason... No! It has to be. No! I hate that movie. No! Boo! You said you wanted to talk about the movie. Oh, yeah. So, this horrible, horrible movie. I forgot to bring it up last time. I'm watching it. I'm watching the dog. Even though you knew the dog was going to attack, viciously attack this child and run away with the body, Kitty says, I'm taking a shower. And all of a sudden, I hear a series of thumps. And then I'm, I have to pause and move. I'm like, hey, are you okay in there? And there's no answer. And then I hear her start groaning. So I go run because this movie put me on edge. I thought she fell down and cracked her skull over it or something. But no, it was just her. Like, I don't think she dropped something. And then she said, oh, darn, or something like that. I don't know. But I was terrified. You thought the, you thought the cat attacked? 
I don't know what happened. I thought she fell in, died. She's going to come back as a zombie or nothing. I didn't have any firearms, luckily, to put her down. But I didn't know what to do. That's I don't, This movie can't win awards. It boo, I say. Boo. It won that award. God. Uh, Some very varied kills and very good kills. But that's the one that, like, just mouth agape, sitting there like, holy shit. Yeah, if you want a you know, horror kill. Just turns, snaps her up in his mouth. Runs under the table, no. starts ragdolling her, and then runs we want away a cool to the street. Kill like Godzilla. Who who votes on these things? I do, because I saw all the movies. I question this process. The next one you've only seen one one of again. Well, then I think we know who's going to win. Is best twist. And now last year, oh, last year's best kill was uh, the opening scene of Halloween Ends, a movie that I did not, I didn't hate as much as other people, but it was not a great movie. But that movie opens with uh, Corey Cunningham, the main character of the series, apparently babysitting a kid and the kid locks him in a room upstairs and he's pounding the door to try to get out of it and the kid's just mocking him the kid's a bitch and uh the parents get home and it's like a big house like many stories high and there's a grand spiraling staircase and the, they're, they're at the door and the mother's like what's going on up there and then he busts the door open hits the kid in the head and the kid just flies behind and slaps slams down on the, the thing drops Ooh. The it's crazy that does sound pretty graphic. And even though I don't like the movie, that was another one like this where this, the, the, the kill is so shocking and awesome where you're just like, what the fuck? And you don't forget about it. Okay. All right. I see. I see. That was. It's still, again, it's in my head, that scene. So, yeah, you're right. Now, last year's best twist was an all-timer. It was the, the prequel to Orphan. In Orphan First Kill, Orphan famously had great twist. You told me all of it, and I want to watch the series so badly. Orphan First Kill somehow has another excellent twist. It, it's fantastic. It is. So in that movie, you find out that the she's the, the titular so, orphan is playing, uh, pretending that she's a long lost kid from an American family, and she looks enough like her, and it's been a couple years, and they're like, I guess it's her. And then halfway through the movie, she has to track down the investigator who kind of is onto her, and he, she kills him. And then the, she she's before he dies. She's like, "How do you, how did you know? Like even her own mother doesn't know." And she goes, "Yeah, kid, she does." And then enter the mother who shoots him in the head, and then says, and then says to her, I, "She knew the whole plan because her son killed that daughter, and she just lied to her husband about it." But now they're all stuck playing this game together, and it's completely fucking insane. That sounds amazing, it's, and I want to watch it. I don't know why I haven't watched either one of these, but just the premise alone. That's a great twist. The first movie is famous for that awesome twist where she's just an adult. This twist, I thought, was even better because it's completely psychotic. Played yeah. by Julia Stiles as the mother, back on top. Hey, isn't she in one of those shows like Last of Us or not Last of Us, This Is Us? It's something like that. Don't know, don't know either <laughs> of those things. She's not in Last of Us, I don't think. So best twist this year, not as good of a crap. Just nothing can top the Orphan movies. I'm assuming that the reason Orphan 3... I know, I think there's an Orphan 3 coming, I hope, and I don't know if they're going to have to sit on that twist for a while because it's expected now. It's like M. Night Shyamalan if they were all good. I still think Knock at the Cabin. I'm not going to say anything because I still want Kitty to watch it, but yeah. I think the trailer killed that movie. It did. So there was a movie called Appendage on Hulu where st stress created a little monster... Your own stress? personal little monster, your your personal stress. What? It's like a growth, and then eventually it just separated itself, and now you have a little monster to deal with. And like a little parasitic twin that yes. just gets big enough to pop off. Yes, and she goes to a support group and finds that there's other people that have this problem, and she's got it locked away somewhere. They all have their things locked away. But the twist is, all the people in the support group have actually been taken over by their parasite, and they're working to get her taken over too. It's a nice little twist, decent movie, nice twist. Okay, didn't see it coming. That's why it's on the list. And then there was the movie Cobweb, which you did see. I did see Cobweb. What was the twist? What's in the walls? Oh, that's a twist? He kills his parents and then finds out they were doing something that wasn't, as, wasn't what he thought. All that's right. a complete story twist. And yeah, it leads yeah, to yeah. A, a completely different third act. It was, because we spent the whole movie, if I remember that correctly, wondering what the parents were. Are they, are they just abusive are parents? Are they evil? Is he just hearing things? Is there a ghost? Is there, th there was an actual daughter in the wall, and... When Lizzie Kaplan's dying, the moment to me is when she looks up and she goes, she's dying, and she looks and says, don't let her out. And then you're like, oh, this movie's going to change radically in the third act. Yeah, okay. That, I guess that is a twist. Because it, it, for me, I guess I looked at it more as that was the answer I was waiting for the whole time, yeah. or whether or not. So I didn't kind see of. it as a twist. It kind was of. like, which way is it going to fall? I think that when you go as far as to kill off the entire 
first two thirds of the movie antagonist, what you think is the antagonist to Tinger's a new one. That's a twist. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. So, I'll, I'll allow it. The next one was a movie on Screenbox called project wolf hunting, which you think is a movie about convicts on a boat uprising, a bloody violent uprising against their, the officers holding them there. Then you find out that there's a Jason Voorhees in the hull of the ship Ooh, in the hold of the ship, right? Hold that, that, and it wakes up and it just murders everybody. And it's pretty great. It's not like this great twist. It's just like the movie becomes something different. It's kind of what it is. Okay. That's pretty fun. Worth watching. Like I, if we talked about the movie once before and you said, do they give you backstory on why, what this is? And I said, they do. It's the only problem with the movie is didn't need it. And it slows the movie down because most of the movie is just pure, straightforward gore and violence and unstoppable killing machine. And then they slow down and be like, let's go show you the testing. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't okay. care who you were or what this yeah, is. Yeah, that's fair. If you can hint at the origins well enough, then you don't really need them. Didn't need it. Didn't need to get off the boat. Just needed the guy to keep killing people. It was pretty great. Because now he's killing good and bad people alike, and it's crazy and very violent. Were but, they all having sex? No. Why would they well, have sex? Well, why else would Jason Voorhees kill them? He's not a Jason Voorhees. He's a uh, mm, whatever what he you is. told I, me a minute ago. I call him that because he's an unstoppable killing machine. All right. I had nothing. Yeah. I was trying to think of somebody to offer up. But I couldn't get anyone. Next, we have The Sacrifice Game on Shudder, recent release, which I actually saw at the Anomaly Film Festival first. I don't know what that Sacrifice Game is. It is a group of murderers who are Ooh. killing their way towards a boarding school to unleash a demon because it will give them all the power and riches that they desire. But they find out that they read it wrong. And the demon is actually the little girl you've been following. One of the little girls you've been following the whole movie who's been trapped there for years and years and years. And they had to do all these things to let her out. And she's not going to help them. She's just trying to get out of the, the thing. And it's, it was a nice twist. Okay. It was a really good one. Did not know where the movie was going. It's, it seems very, oh yeah, it's a seventies movie where four people are killing people and they're and that's what it is. And these little girls have to survive. That's not the danger. And it's, it was a nice nice moment when you realize that, like, oh, shit, she's been here all along, and this is why this is happening. All right, that does sound cool. Yep. And then the last one was Spoonful of Sugar, also on Shudder. That is the movie where the babysitter is trying to take over the, the house. She wants the husband for herself. The she wants the kid the for cradle, herself. Yeah. Starring Rebecca de Mornay. Yeah. Who is the male lead? In, in The Hand That Rocks Cradle? Yeah. Was it me? Was it you? Yes. Good for you, man. Thanks. You would have won a Scarily Award in 1992? Possibly. That sounds about right. <laughs> Narrow that down. All right. I'm sorry. This is not the hand that rocks the cradle? No. This is a spoonful of sugar. And then it turns out in the end that even though she's the antagonist you followed, the kid is completely insane, murders her, and then the parents are like, ah, oh, he did it again. That's how I thought the uh, yes. movie that we watched for the Christmas was going to end. Yes. And the winner for that one for me was The Sacrifice Game because- all these movies changed kind of what you're looking at, but that one was the most interesting where I didn't know that the, the innocent, most innocent seeming little girl was the one that was actually the, the demon, the evil the whole time that uh, you didn't want to let out. That can be fun. It was All fun. Right. I kind of want to watch that one now too. Then we have best gore effects was the last of our horror related categories. And you've seen, two of these movies Ooh, so 50 50 first up is craving which you can get on vod and that is a movie about people locked in a bar and there's people outside and they said there's a monster in there with you and if you send them out we'll let you live and it's kind of a, a, a ticking clock movie because at some point you believe that this monster's going to emerge and pete that monster does emerge in the third act and it becomes completely insane I have never heard of this movie. It's really good. And the third act is just great, great practical effects, great gore effects everywhere, violence and blood all over the screen for like 20 straight minutes. It's pretty great. Okay. I like the practical effects, you said? Yep. Yep. That's cool. Next up, we had a movie that does use CGI effects for a lot of what it does, but it does not really well. Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, that has a chock full of There's practical, practical effects all over effects. the place, too. But it has fun stuff like eyeballs popping out and choking people to death. Yeah, those are. That's just a and ton swallowing of glass and that horrifying yet ridiculous type of gore. Yes, Three Stooges if they were really hitting each other. Yeah, right. Okay, that makes sense. Next, we just mentioned it: Project Wolf Hunting, which is basically ninety minutes of blood and gore. And Did, <laughs> is that the one that you thought was a werewolf movie? Yes, and then it turned out not to be at all. Got to watch a werewolf movie every full moon, right? And to when, give a review when your fucking movie's called Project Wolf Hunting. 
and it's in a different language, I just assume a wolf's going to show up at some point. Yes, but not, no. Not the not first so time. Much. Not the first time I made that mistake. Oh, boy. What was your other one? It was called Werewolf. Werewolves. Well, but with, without the E, so it was W-E-R, Wolves. And it was actually about um, German soldiers that were in the woods in World War II that I didn't know was a real thing. <laughs> so that's happened twice. All right. It wasn't, maybe that wasn't the title of the movie, but that was what the plot of the movie was. The German werewolves are in the wolf woods, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. And then I watch it, and I'm like, I don't think they're going to turn into wolves anytime. So we don't know German or history. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And that's mother, how we get there. I told you my mother taught me German history. Yeah, I know. We, we've, we've learned your questionable learning from your mother. You can listen to the Monster Squad uh, commentary and hear all about my understanding of German history. Ay-ay-ay. Next up, we have Saw X, which those movies are always bloody and violent. Which is why I've never seen them. Realistic violence people cutting off their legs people's heads being you know blown up that's what they do eyeballs being sucked out it's saw that's why i don't watch those movies because i don't normally like the they're done for fun are they done for fun because that first one didn't seem like it was done for fun and that's the only one i've seen that's the least violent of all the bunch okay but it just seemed like people getting like abused for they're abusing themselves because they deserve it what a twist (laughs) what a twist and last up is when evil lurks already someone's angry they've won an award oh boy but very Good gore effects from beginning to end. Bloody movie. Oh, 100%. And just memorable. Each one of those scenes is very memorable, too. They all stand out. Now, last year's winner was a movie called The Sadness, which was wall-to-wall. Happy? Gore. Just nonstop blood and violence and gore. And there's a reason that it won, because I like wall-to-wall gore, if I'm going to give this award. And that's what Project Wolf Hunting is. So, to me, it was the same thing. We're like, it's nonstop. The werewolf movie gets it? The werewolf movie. Sweet. See, werewolves always give the best kills. That's true. They're they're great. Okay, Tony. <laughs> That's right. They're great. You know, the same guy who did Tony the Tiger was the Grinch in uh, Who Sang the Grinch Song? Mm. The You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch? Mm. That was Tony the Tiger. He died that, not too long ago. I know that Boris Karloff was the talking voice of the Grinch. Oh, yeah, he was. That's all I had to offer. That's I just I remember I haven't watched it yet for for this Christmas season. Well, it's New Year's, so oh, it's I watched it on Christmas Day because that's what the kids made me do this year. Huh. So I asked you last episode what you did for Christmas, and you couldn't tell me. Well, I forgot. That's what they made me do. These these commitments that they tie me to months in advance are hard to remember when they actually happen. Because we're in 2024 now. 2024. It is 2024. Wow! And Look at all are- this fresh air and clean water. We fix things. Go us. <laughs> And we are into the more traditional awards, like Best Actor. And you've seen two of these movies, Pete, including the first one for Dave Bautista for Knock at the Cabin. The Gentle Giant with a Heavy Heart. <laughs> that is a masterful summary of who he was. It in that is. Movie. He it carries had, the whole movie. He had to carry that movie. Everything was on. Well, you can argue that it was the, the couple and the daughter who had to make the choice. Sure, sure, sure. You but can argue that. But. He, from the first moment he's on screen, has to walk into what is an inherently creepy situation and try to put it at ease. And he does it. And the whole time, he's such a, a threat of, of violence because of his size. But he's so soft-spoken and he's so hurt by what he has what he believes he has to do yeah i I agree i didn't think batista had it in him me neither that is a leading man role and he nailed it especially when i only know him from the action things yep and that's that's our action comedy thing and the first five minutes of blade runner 2049 and the first i have seen the the first five minutes of that movie that is the only five minutes of that movie i've seen i like the movie but he's the best five minutes of it he's incredible in it i'm gonna watch it eventually it's good i like blade runner it's good no. Go indie. You know, we both hate Ryan Gosling, except we enjoy every one of his performances in every one of his movies. Yeah, every movie I've ever seen him in, I, I think he's great, and I really like him. I don't know why. I, mean, I saw either. the Barbie movie. I told you that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what he was? He was great. I he's, it's the best part of it. He's Ryan Gosling. It, it was all good. It's a good movie. Every time a movie gets announced with him, I'm like, oh, I just can't do it with Ryan Gosling anymore. And then I eventually see it, and I go, fuck, he's great. I do the same exact thing. And I usually put these movies off for years. It's fascinating. I do it, too. I don't know why. I'd he's, like to think 
that the nice guys got me over it, and now I just think he's great because he's so good in the movie. But it still happens. Yep. I see he's in, and I'm like, oh, Ryan Gosling. I have the same exact thought pattern because I enjoyed him so much in The Nice Guys. I said, I must be over this. I've got to be done, right? It's like one of my favorite performances of all time, and I still, a new movie comes out, and I'm like, oh, Ryan Gosling. Then I watch it a couple of years later, and I'm like, God damn, he's, he's great. good. He's what like, a great, why do I keep feeling this way? Is he my favorite actor? <laughs> I don't know. No, it can't be. I think it's some kind of weird space-time thing where if you if you remember you forget or the world ends if you remember you forget that's how my brain works there you go next up we have tobin bell and saw x he's always been the best part of the franchise this movie finally just focused on him and gave him a story that wasn't just solely i'm gonna talk behind the microphone and tell you what you have to do and you after you saw it you said it was really good to the point where you really enjoyed it and you thought about watching the other ones because of how much you enjoyed saw x i did and i probably would have if i didn't latch on to like 18 movies at a film festival i had to catch up on and i was very into the idea of watching them all again even though i know they're not as good as saw x but he's so good in saw x you complain about the series a lot it just loses its way a lot I've only ever seen the first one. So. Some of them are good. And next we have we have Tim Pocock in Godless, the Eastfield Exorcism, which you can watch on Tubi. We discussed that movie on Best Kill. He is the charismatic non-preacher. Yeah, I'm not giving that the be Best preacher. Kill. It didn't win Best Kill. You got mad at what yeah. won Best Kill. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. I'm not giving it this award. He gets nothing. He's incredible in the movie. He gets nothing. And... It's a very dark movie, but he's incredible in it. And then last, we have a movie that I flat out hated called Haunted Mansion. (laughs) The Disney one? The Disney's Haunted Mansion, which on this podcast, I have brought up before. I'm watching this movie in a 40X theater with wind effects and rain effects, and the screen is filled with kind of shitty looking ghosts and noise and loudness and just annoying. It's everywhere. And in the middle of this shit storm is what it is. Lakeith Stanfield gives a performance that is so fucking good that I almost cried in the theater. <laughs> Who You've told me this before, but I keep forget. Who is he? He's been in every something time? else. Every time, because I need to know them in context. He was in Atlanta. He was the guy at the beginning of Get Out who actually tells him to get out when the photography flashes in his face. Yeah, I know. You, that's right. I remember now you telling me this. That's a little, a little treat for the listeners, me making him repeat stories to me and then me remembering. Oh, Pete, I missed one of the nominees. I missed Nicolas Cage in Renfield. Oh, no, he died in Renfield? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean best performance? Yeah. I thought we were back on best kill. No. All what? right. My brain is jumping. So Nicolas Cage is nominated for a Scare Value Award. Well, I, he has to win. He does not win. And the, the whole legitimacy of the... <laughs> this courtroom's this, out of order. This is, this is... Everything is out of order. This is nothing. That, that preacher in the other movie, that's nothing. When evil lurks, that's nothing. But, the legitimacy all of these are nonsense what is this is this animal court again kangaroo court no it's an animal court i know where we are but he got nominated a nomination Uh, all right you know what something's not right all right tell me who you think won as much as it's insane to me and the oscars would never do something like this because the movie is fucking terrible if you can in a movie that is that bad pull your storyline through to make me have a lump in my throat, look around the theater and just think out loud, can't cry it. And you don't Haunted have feelings. Mansion. I don't, but he, his performance is so good, despite every possible handicap. I, don't, I want to, but I don't want to watch this movie because I don't know that I could sit through it. I couldn't believe how he left me feeling when the, when, at, the, at the moment of the movie where it's, it's, he's, his wife has passed away and he's a non-believer in any of this stuff and he gets caught up in it. And... They're basically all trapped in the mansion. It, it, right. It, it'll follow, the ghost will follow them everywhere, so they have to come back. And now he's trapped in the mansion. they got to figure out a way out. And they do seances, and they do all the things that you do. And As one does. He's obsessed with his wife's death, like just broken, completely broken man. And you get to meet him in the beginning when he's very happy. You see them together, and he's very happy and stuff like that. And it cuts to it's like a very up situation. I was about to say. Yeah, and he's just a broken man. And he he finds out he, he gets kind of a little bit hope like oh can i contact her in this and he's like well no she's not in the house so you can't and at the end of the movie when, when he's jared leto plays the bad guy i guess like i've mentioned before he's not really in the movie it's a it's a all cgi performance so kind of like him as the joker in suicide the first suicide Squad. if you had jared leto who's a known actor but you're not going to show his face in the in the character and then he's going to do a voice what's the point of having jared leto 
Why is that not Frank Welker? But is Jared Leto a guy anymore? Sure. I don't know. He seems weird with that hippie cult thing he's got going on. Morbius? <laughs> yeah, it's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. <laughs> All right. We're not that far so removed from Morbius. Yeah, but Morbius. So- at the end of the movie, he's he's begging him to he can like basically kick him into a hole and end all this. And he's like, "Oh, I can get you back to your wife." He's like, "It's like you know, you could talk to her again. Like you got to help me. You can." He do this, and he looks at her. He's like, "It's like you can, you know, because he's afraid the whole time that she didn't know how he felt about her. Like he never expressed himself enough." And he's like, "You could tell her. You could tell finally tell her you love her." And he looks and he goes, "She knew." And he kicks him in the hole, and I'm just sitting there like, "Am I gonna cry at fucking haunted mansion?" Because <laughs> this payoff to this storyline that you just somehow performed in a in a this storm is I, working. I get what you're saying because I feel like I've. I know a movie like that too, where there was just, it's an awful movie, whatever it yeah. is. But that one storyline, that one character gives this performance where they're in an entirely different movie is and it, it's a shame. Is it DeForest Kelly in uh, Star Trek five? Which one was five? Five is the one where Kirk is smarter than God. We've talked about this before. And cause it was directed by William Shatner. And of course in the middle of this movie, Bowens is just given this fucking A plus performance when everyone else is just like phoning it in. And I, it's like, I think I've mentioned this before. He just gets the first good pages he's ever gotten for the character that aren't just like asides, like an actual meaty moment. And he just eats the shit out of it, Pete. Has he done? <laughs> good for him. I was, I'm to this day, blown away by the five I, minutes that he gets in that movie. I don't remember it. It's great. Okay, I'll believe it. So that's what we got as a parallel. Yeah, it's kind of that vibe because there are those movies that exist where. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. That's impressive. I I think that's a good way to to judge things. His performance is so good in in uh, Haunted Mansion that it outshone all the bad stuff. Which I, these other performances are also great. Every one of them, but they're all incompetent films. They're not hindered at every turn by more spooky effects and lightning and noises and bad acting and bad, bad dialogue. Like he's just killing it. And this is when I watch movies like this, cause I have to watch a lot of horror movies, a lot, watch a lot of bad movies. You'll occasionally see something like this where someone's just punching way above the weight of the piece. And you're like, this is the things that should win awards. Like, like, okay. I loved Oppenheimer and Killian Murphy's excellent in it. And I hope he does win. But like, you're also in a prestige movie with a great script and you're surrounded by uh, award winning actors at every turn. This guy's sitting there and everyone's doing bits and there's like every, you can't turn a corner without seeing 10 bad looking ghosts. I'm like, and he's still doing it. Like, I think right. it's more impressive than what Killian Murphy did. Yeah. But the problem here I'm having is that Nicholas <laughs> Cage, Cage yeah. should be the winner. So if I think Nicholas Cage should would win everything. Mm. So he probably shouldn't be allowed to be nominated for anything because he should automatically be winning. So he should just not be allowed in. Well, he was great as Dracula well, and deserving of the nomination. But he should win. I, See, I he, don't he wins he, everything. I don't think you could put his performance in the middle of Haunted Mansion. It would work. He won't, I think it could, you having never seen the movie, but hearing it described, I think it would. Sorry, Pete. I don't. All right. Whatever. Whatever, Brian. Feed me one last year, an actor named Neil Ward, who gives a completely insane performance. He's so good in it, Neil Ward, in that movie, that for the first two-thirds of the movie, I didn't know that he was acting as a different version of the character he was playing. Like, he's playing a, a man, he's using a fake voice, he's using a fake look, and I'm just like, oh, this is kind of an eccentric character. And when all the layers are paid back and you see him as he really is, I couldn't believe that the rest of it was a performance. The guy was so good in it. Oh, Hey, that's, I think you mentioned it before. Tremendous stuff. Yeah, you did. I remember this. You were talking about it about a year ago. It was just, it would like, did it in reverse. Instead of seeing a guy and then watching him put on a performance, they stripped away the performance and I was just blown away that it had all been fake (laughs) because he was so believable as the eccentric character. And then when you meet him, like the actual version of him, it's completely different. I'm like, holy shit. I couldn't believe it. All right. Yep. And then best actress. I don't have much to add after that because I haven't seen him. Best actress. You've seen two of these movies. So it's a 50-50. We're back to that. Last year's winner was the easiest one to pick. It was the runaway success that was Pearl and oh. Mia Goth's performance in Pearl, who I think she should have won the Oscar. I thought that was an all-time great movie performance. You haven't seen Pearl yet? No, I have seen X, though. There's like a seven-minute-long, unbroken, one-take monologue that is the best acting I think I've ever seen. I fall asleep during monologues a lot. Not this one you won't, because it's completely nuts. Mm. It's that's what nuts. you claim i'm gonna watch it because we're doing a, a the trilogy the third one's coming yep. right yep. all right that's we'll, when i'm gonna watch it we'll cover the first two when the third one's come that comes out later this year so this year you've seen two of these movies we'll get to those at the end because 
alphabetical. The yeah. first nominee is Caitlin Deaver in No One Will Save You, who has no words, as we talked about, but she's tremendous in it. Next we have, this is actually good because we, we're far enough along now. Where I think you, she won an award for something. Oh, yeah, she won Best Final Girl. Don't even know your own the, award the, show. The character won the award, not the actress. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even know your own show. Next, we have MC Huff for Kill Her, who plays the villain in Kill Her, who is completely bonkers and wild and great commitment to the insanity. And then Morgan Saylor in Spoonful of Sugar, who plays the babysitter, who's crazy, but not the craziest one in the house. (laughs) And then Alyssa Sutherland in Evil Dead Rise, who plays the titular mother. (laughs) And then Sophie Wilde in Talk to Me, who plays the main character. Now, Mm. breaking this one down was interesting because... Caitlin Deaver has to do it silently, all, all face, all reactions, all emotion. MC Huff gets to go wild, over the top. Uh, Alyssa Sutherland gets to go over the top, too. And then Morgan Saylor has to be more of a, a dark, just, presence in the movie. And then I thought Sophie Wilde kind of does all those things. In talk, to talk to me. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think of all of their performances right now, which makes for fascinating airtime. As I, as You've I only think. seen two of them. So. I know. But I'm thinking of those two, and I'm taking in what you said. Sophie Wilde is the winner because because she has to run the gamut of everything. Everyone gets to do big things or small things. She has to do both. She gets to she gets to be the possessed. She has to get to over the top fun stuff too. She also has to be the emotional heart of the movie. She has to be scared. She has to be powerful. Yeah, she's she has got to a be little everything. bit of what everyone has done in these movies. And that's kind of all why the other was, nominees. I see what you're doing here. Kind of why it became obvious. It was like, she had to do the most things. Everyone was great. She had to do, she got to do the most things. Yeah. All right. You know what? Your awards are all nonsense. They make sense, though. The that nonsense mm, that makes sense. I don't think so. I'm going to change the tagline. I think right now on the site, it is a horror movie discussion Review, reviews, discussion, rankings, and debate, maybe, or something like that. I'm going to change it to nonsense that makes sense. I don't think it makes sense, sir. It's nonsense. It's in the word itself. Nonsense that makes sense. Hmm. I'm loving it. That's McDonald's. I well, know when you're here, your family. That's Fast and the Furious. <laughs> did you set yourself off right there? <laughs> I don't know, but I nailed it. You sure did. <laughs> Home run. I feel really confident right now. I think I might give this next award to Kihei Kwan. <laughs> Ooh, is, is, he, he is he here to accept? Is he? Hello? No. no he's not here. Why do you always get my hopes up? He'll be here one day. That's when what you, you keep saying. When you least expect him. Just like my mom would say about my dad. Oh. Actually, she wouldn't say that. She said, oh, your father's here. <laughs> I've heard her. <laughs> you know what she did the other day? She, my dad gave. She actually fell down in the bathroom and no, you're like, no. yeah, I'm not watching that movie anymore. My dad gave Fred, my daughter Fred, a little thing of a, I don't know what they are, those little hazel. Crack pipe? Yeah, they look like little crack pipes, little cigars, but it's wafer cookies and they got like nougat in the middle or something or chocolate cream. Anyway, she had one and she was. Like an old man toffee? No, no, but crunchier. So she gave, she had the thin, the tin, and she offered one to my mom who took one. And then she said, oh, where'd you get these? And when Fred told her where they came from, she said, oh, I don't like these. And she uh, put it back. Uh, so they've infected their grandchildren with it. Exactly. Just like that horrible movie where things are infected <laughs> with the evil, the dogs go bad. Well, we tried to get your dad out of town, but we fell out of the back of the car. We did. We did our best. All right. Best screenplay. We have Brooklyn 45, written by Ted Gagan, which we talked about on the Top 10 episode that is a basically a locked room horror drama about dealing with the ghosts of the past and then actual ghosts. And uh, it's all acting and script is, is, is what powers that movie. Because as we talked about, I like to nominate things that that's the thing that matters in the movie. And the screenplay, you know, is the movie. The visual effects aren't going to, like, like in Godzilla Minus One, like, I think it has a great script, but like, it's not what you walk away from the movie thinking about. Right. It's aided by, you And know. it kind of is, because it's a great movie. But it's not the thing you think about. With Brooklyn 45, I thought, I was thinking about that script and how, how, how great it was. And the same thing with the script of Jethika, which was written by all of the actors, because I guess it might have been like a improvised thing or something. So, let's bear with me here. Andy Faulkner, Kelly Hernandez, Will Madden, Pete Oz, Ashley Denise Robinson for Jethika. Because I think they, are, they were all the actors in the movie, so that must have been a lightly scripted film at best. Okay. That is the movie where a girl is being haunted by her, or by a, maybe a one-night stand. Or just, no, it was, no, it was by, by a guy who 
was infatuated with her, and then he died, and because he continued his infatuation because she killed him. We learn later. Oh, but what makes this movie so interesting is that ghosts are real, and the Ooh. ghosts don't know they're dead, and everyone is very. Mm, what's the word I want? Nonplussed about the entire situation. Like her friend just walks out and goes, "So yeah, you're dead now. You, you kind of can't be around here." And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "She's like, oh." And he starts wandering the earth, thinking about things. And every, ghosts just wander around day to day. The way they deal with things is to be like very uninterested in the entire situation. And the script is very funny in that way and very unique. Never felt, never seen a movie that felt quite like it. It's one I think you'd like because it has a very specific feel to it. All right, I think I remember when you saw it. You told me about it, and it. I was intrigued back then by it. It's very it it's short. It's very short and very interesting. Okay. So that's a lightly scripted one. Yes. I, must I, don't, I never remember. I'm going to ask you again, but I'm going to keep asking like I know. But it's, it's weird because I say lightly scripted, but there was a script. And it was when I walked away from the movie, the dialogue is what I thought about the most because it was so different and interesting. Okay. Next, we have Onyx what? the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls on Screenbox. I like that title so very much. With Barbara Crampton. Barbara. Well, I have and my Jeffrey winner. Oh, well, no, they're just the actor. Tell me about the screen. But it was written by Andre Bowser, and I guess it's like a From Shanana? Yep. Is it really? No. Oh. I guess it's a, a, a character he's been doing online. It's like a funny little character who's like really into D&D and stuff. And he's very funny. And the script is he's... A guy that gets invited to be part of this big thing with four other people. And it turns out they're all being sacrificed because Jeffrey Combs is actually evil and he needs all the sacrifices. And it has, from beginning to end, it's very funny. But, like, they get there and everyone has their, their trope that they are. Like, I'm the wizard, I'm the werewolf on this. And he gets his and he's the virgin. He's like, it's like, oh, man, what the fuck? He's like, this isn't right. And they're like, well, have you had sex? He's like, eh, no, that's the point. I'm like, this is bullshit. But it's like, look at a big card. There's this virgin on it. It's like a fat guy like him. He's like, what the fuck? The whole script okay. is like that. It's just like a, a hapless nope. dude who has to step up and be the hero. And it's very funny. Now, is, the, is it the screenplay or is it the actors that are really selling that one? Is the, every, like, the dialogue in the movie is hilarious. It's not just, the actors are great. But yeah. The script, look is, at that cast. The script is funny. Okay. Yeah. And, well, yeah, they let Barbara Crampton be a, a, an old mom, but they know she's hot. So she's a hot mom. And I'm like, brilliant script. Yeah. How hard, I, how hard is it to write a great script? Okay, if that's what you're... Yeah, if that's like Barbara Crampton be hot. Yeah, mom. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and next we have Summoning Sylvia by Wesley Taylor and Alex Wise. We know all about this one. Was, We've both seen it. Was that one improvised or was it strictly... Because I know that Deadstream, you said, was very strictly like yeah. you had to follow the script to yeah. make it work, even though it seems like straight up improv. So I where does this one fall? I wouldn't know for sure, but it doesn't feel like it was improvised so much because everything drives the plot forward. Okay. It's a very tight movie. Yeah, I'm 75 minutes. You're right, because it's very fast. Every scene is something I think, I think it's just performance that's great because it's a very, very clever script. Now, a lot of these end up being kind of comedies because I think it's the hardest thing to write. They aren't all comedies, but uh, last we have another movie that was a comedy. Totally Killer. By David Madelon, Sasha Pearl Raver, and Jen D'Angelo. We've talked before. The best thing about the script is that it's a great time travel script. Is it, it is. Great, is it a great slasher movie script? Not really. I forgot to point out to you that when when they talk about why they have to use the cell phone, it's to find yourself in space and time because yeah, you, the Earth moves. You pointed out to me off mic. Uh, yeah, but not on mic. Huh. I did off mic? Yes. All right. Because I've mentioned to you before that my time travel theory is that plenty of people have time traveled. They just don't account for the fact that we're hurtling through space and they just end up freezing to death in the middle of no right, nothing. Right, which makes a lot of sense. So which, that movie actually took my idea, and I think it's, I'm the only one that had the idea. It took my concept of time <laughs> travel and said, you got to be, it's got to keep you here or else you, you'll just fly off into space. And I'm like, yes. Because right. if you could time travel to two minutes ago, you're I, billions of miles away. I get that. And I understand it. And I always thought that was fun. And they find, they just pointed it out as a throwaway line. So it's a, it's just the thought that goes into the time travel aspect of this movie is great. So many setups, so many payoffs. Great. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The first whole part was all setups. Oh, I didn't cover last year's. Uh, oh, yeah. Last year's best screenplay was a movie. I don't. Oh, The you're, Menu. You're doing this all from memory. So yes. that's pretty impressive. The Menu. The menu. I saw the menu. And it was great. And when you walk out of there, you think, what a great script. Which is why this year's winner, Brooklyn 45, same thing. Walked away from the movie, I thought, what a great script. Okay. The thing the thing that I walked away most with that movie was okay. that it was a great screenplay. All right, I'm thinking about them. Hmm. I haven't seen that one. 
that's what I was thinking about. Well, we're going to move on to Best Director, where you've only seen one of the movies. Well, guess what wins? And that movie was Godzilla Minus One. Oh, right. By Takashi Yamazaki. Yeah, yeah. That's clearly the Well, again, there's no legitimacy to any of this nonsense, unless somehow Godzilla is Nicolas Cage. Is that the tagline now? There's no legitimacy to any of this nonsense? <laughs> Could be. I'll take edit that later. Obviously, he did a phenomenal job. The movie looks like a billion dollars, and it costs fifteen million. Yeah, and I'm we're not. I don't know what to say. It's a, a great movie. It hits everything you want in a movie. I think the happy ending it works. It's not even hokey, even though it, it could very well be the emotional payoffs, the destruction that Godzilla brings. He made a real epic. He made it about something, and he made it all work. And that's incredible. Every aspect of it worked. And Godzilla was cool as fuck. Yep. And he did the visual effects, too. He was one of the main visual effects guys, so he obviously knows what he's doing there. And then we have Moon Garden, which I've talked before. It has a lot of stop motion. It has a lot of that's And I like that's exactly design. up my alley for stuff. Two movies where the first thing I kind of think about is that director had a vision, and he got that vision on screen, which is also true of, that was Ryan Stevens Harris, by the way. And then it's also true of The Outwaters by Robbie Banfitch which this guy had a vision and he went out and he fucking made it. And it is memorable and unique in a genre that's often repetitive. So the next guy, boy, did he have a vision and nobody gave him any notes. Kenichi Hugana. For Which one was he? Visitors. Oh yeah. It, the, I've always joke about how nobody gives David Lynch notes. I don't think Kenichi Hugana can read because <laughs> he, he, he didn't get, if anybody ever tried to explain to him what he should do, he's like, I'm going to do the opposite. And that is, 100% pure director vision on screen. That, I got to watch that. Yes. And the That's last nominee. All right. Hit me with it. Where the Devil Roams, by the family, the Adams family with 1D, the Adams family, John Adams, Zelda Adams, and Our Toby president? Poser. Yep. Wait, weren't there two John Adams? Yep. The Adams family. <laughs> well, I didn't want to give you the satisfaction that that was well done. Thank you. So, that movie, all. We talk about visions and stuff like that. I don't want to use a different word, but all style. They have a very unique style with the fact that there's three people working on it, writing and directing and performing in it. And then their style is so specific. Each of these movies that they made Hellbender and they made this one. It's really an incredible thing that they're doing with very little money. And just like as family projects, it seems almost. And they're excellent. And they won because we'll get to why they won in a minute because I like to spread out the things a little bit. Take your time with it. I like to spread out the uh, the love. We actually had ten. I think there were over, almost sixty people nominated, maybe, and we had ten different winners. Ten different films took awards, which happened last year too. Last year's best director was Jordan Peele for Nope. That was a good movie. And that was, was a good one. What was the thing you walk away thinking about? His vision on the screen. It's you know, was there great performances? Yes. Was there a great script? Yes. Was there cool stuff here and there and effects? Sure. It's the director is why that movie works. I think that of all these movies. That's why all the movies work, but like where the devil roams, it's such a unique, when you see it, you'll, you'll get what I mean. It's such a unique idea and feel and completed idea. Every aspect of it. it from I, Like I said, at one point in that movie, it turns into like a two minute like 90s music video. And like, it's such a choice and it works. And you sit there and you're like, the style is like, I've never seen anything quite like it, which is true of all these movies. But like, that's the one that won because I like to spread it out a little bit because best picture we have Godzilla Minus One, The Outwaters, Talk to Me, When Evil Lurks, and Where the Devil Roams. Now, this was harder than I thought it was going to be. That's what she said. Oh, I was going to do it, you son of a bitch. That's my line. So, Talk to Me has been leading this since I saw it in I don't know, June, July, whenever I saw it. It's been like... Pretty much from the moment I saw it, I was like, I just don't think anything's going to top it. I mentioned before, it's better than what it's better than anything won last year. Last year's best picture was The Innocents, a Norwegian movie. Very dark. You'd hate it. Okay. Thank you for that. I will never it's watch it. Children in the Ultimate Peril. It's also, it's a movie that has children do the most heinously evil, awful things you can imagine. Those are usually the movies I like it when the children die. And then ask if you can forgive it because they're children. It's a very dark oh. movie. Oh, Boy, all right. We'll keep that in yep. the maybe pile. So talk to me since I saw it. I thought, well, this would have won last year. This would have won most years. Most exciting I've been with a, with a horror movie since It Follows. This so, is this is it. Well, so far I'm with you, but you're implying that that is not the case any longer. And then October came and went. Halloween came and went. And nothing, nothing came to challenge it. And no. I thought, 
Well, this is like I, I like I respect what the Outwaters did. It wasn't as good as Talk to Me, in my opinion. It got nominated because it's it's a leap forward for the whole subgenre of found footage. Yeah, and I'm not a fan, but this sounds like the second one I might like we, after Deadstream. We get to Halloween, the whole season is over, and I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to find five movies to nominate because it's not going to be that strong of a class. And then we start getting banger after banger after banger. Then I see When Evil Lurks, and I thought, fuck, that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, we disagree on that. No, we don't. You think it's a great movie. You don't like it. Yeah, right. That's right. That's where I terrible so i'm looking at that and i'm like okay it, we have we have a contender i don't think it's it's not gonna topple talk to me but it's but it's right there it's right good two solid strong great great movies then i see where the devil roams i like it better than when when evil lurks and i'm like that is really challenging talk to me but i'm hmm. like no i don't think so i just don't think i think talk to me is the the classic pick the the, the one that's going to stand the test of time and then i see fucking godzilla minus one and I think it wins. Yeah, it does. And I couldn't believe that it happened. I think I'm the last person in the world that thought it could happen. That any movie was going to take it down, let alone the 30th Godzilla movie in year 70 of its existence. It's a classic monster movie done right. It's also the happy movie. It was a happy movie and it wasn't hokey like I was saying. They took it's- the pain of war, the loss that they suffered their mistrust of their government, their hatred of, of what, they've, what they've been through. Their own shame. And they found a way to redeem themselves. And the movie's called Godzilla Minus One because in post-war Japan, they were at zero. And then this comes and is going to set them back even further. It's a brilliant title because the movie tells you the opposite thing. They use it to redeem themselves, to find their purpose, to take back their lives, and to, and to find peace. And it's Brilliant. But you've got the best Godzilla action sequences, I think, yes. in any of the movies, including the legendary it's ones. It's the most vicious that Godzilla's ever been. It's the most destructive he's ever been. It's the most horrific he's ever been. And that they find in that not another setback, but the opportunity to put the past behind them but then, and move on is brilliant. And... You've got the best visual effects and images of the best probably attack in a city in any of the Godzilla movies. It's great on every level. And it fuses together things that aren't even original ideas. Because, first of all, it's doing a lot of Godzilla 1954. It's just doing the, it's just doing it with modern technology. Right. It's the same kind of Godzilla. Not the hero, not the protector. Right, just the force of nature. Yes, and he's doing the same thing. We saw him. Now they can do the stuff in the water they couldn't do before. But same thing. He's in smaller places, and then he's getting closer and closer and closer to the major cities. They have the attack in the city. It's the same basic plot. Right. And they're ripping off Jaws. Yeah, that whole first attack. It's Jaws. They're they're in a bo- little boat I don't against think the answer. It's not hidden, right? Because the, no. the bomb no, is he, in his mouth. The it, director said that he was he loved Jaws. And you know what? It's awesome. It works. But they're also ripping off Dunkirk. The end of that movie, the silent plane comes around when they all think that they're fucked, and then the silent plane comes around and ends up killing Godzilla. Oh, yeah. I they're, forgot about that. They're taking things from similar stories and appropriating them for themselves, but they're doing it in a way that just feels right. Yeah. It does, because everything works. Yeah. Every aspect. I, good point. So last year's best picture was a real downer of a movie. And this year, I don't think Talk To Me is a downer. I think it's more of a, a neutral sadness this time the hopeful movie one it was out of left field too i i can't go back i i can't stress enough how i thought it was going to, i'm like uh do i really like she's alive really and i'm like so what he's yes. talking about since he's just jumping into this is that partway through the movie the movie's about a kamikaze pilot who abandoned his post and just he's living in shame and he has a makeshift family with a, a girl who's lost her family who has been given a, a little baby who's not hers because that family was dying. And they all have to kind of like try to get through it together. And he's such so full of shame and, and hurt and, and PTSD that he can't move on with her and be with her. He just can't accept that he, he can be allowed to be happy. And when he finally gets to the point where he's like, you know what? If I suffered enough, can I, can I move on from this? Can I be with her? Can I have happiness? He asks his, his, the shrine of his parents, like, is it, and, and the, the, the photographs of the people that he kind of killed through his cowardice or possibly. Maybe, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's got a help, lot of, he's got a lot of yeah. shame about his cowardice. He asks if it's okay for him to be happy. The very next scene, she gets blown away by Godzilla and appears to die. So like, there's his answer. 
right. then he spends the rest of the movie just I have it uh, doesn't matter what it takes I have to stop this thing right and and it's my redemption I don't have to survive it that's right and even though he has that little girl and like he's been forgiven by everybody else around him it's just he can't forgive himself and now he just wants revenge there's a great line where he's like you just want revenge for her and he just goes anybody have a problem with that and it's like this guy's a badass now not sure is how a badass but close <laughs> closest we've gotten that bar is a high bar so he chooses in the last moment to eject the plane and and he does blow up Godzilla. Blows up his head. He decides to save himself and decides to live. He finds the will to live. And then he's rewarded in the end by finding out that she had survived and she'd regained consciousness and that they could be together. And I think it's a perfect ending because the point of the movie is we've all lost everything. It's time to move on from that. And I've seen people that I, when, when you figure out what's going to happen, I thought it was a little cheesy. And when you open the door, I thought, no, I wanted the happy ending. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It, it's just such a weirdly hopeful movie. He earned it. Yeah, and it just genuine in the middle of the best of the Godzilla stuff. I am okay despite this this sham, this mockery of an award show that you have. Should never have nominated. You would have forgotten he was even in the movie. It was I'm, so important to you. I'm okay with Godzilla being the winner. Well, Pete, I'm sorry that Nicolas Cage came up short, but I have some good news for you. What? Next what is this good news? Next week is Nicolas Cage's 60th birthday. What's upon us? I'm so excited. I think there might be. Is Kihei Kwan here to, to present this? Is he? Did he ever work with Nicolas Cage? Probably not. Mm, was he in Indiana Jones? Any of them? Nicolas Cage? Yeah. You're the Nicolas Cage guy. Yeah. No. Oh, man. All right. I guess they didn't work together. I think next week is going to be a very special episode. The Nicolas Cage Cage match, face-off, Annie Brackett. Yay! I've been hearing rumors of this episode. I can't wait to have Nicolas Cage win 30, every category. 32 Nick Cages enter. If you get to vote, 32 Nick Cages leave. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. It might be 34. I can think of a couple of roles. 32 Nick Cages enter, one Nick Cage leaves. Who will be the ultimate Nick Cage? Happy 60th birthday, Nicolas Cage, on January 7th? No, no. Question mark? I think this that website will come out on the 10th, if I remember right. The Nicolas Cage cage match. So come back Coming next week you. for the Nicolas Cage cage match. Scare Value Awards. We can just recap them real quick. Best Picture, Godzilla Minus One. Best Director, Where the Devil Roams. Best Screenplay, Brooklyn 45. Best Actress, Talk to Me, Sophie Wilde. Best Actor, Lakeith Stanfield, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Best Gore Effects, Project Wolf Hunting. Best Twist, The Sacrifice Game. Best Kill, When Evil Lurks. That's another Ooh. one I didn't like. <laughs> you don't have to tell me what I didn't like. You best smug final son of a bitch. Best final girl, no one will save you. And best killer, Evil Dead Rise. Yay! The titular mother. The titular mother. So Pete, I'm sorry that the awards didn't go your way this time. They never do. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Nick Cage next week. All right, I'm in. Face off. Family. <laughs>